0: One, two, three, four. Man, if you don't know what ghetto style means by now, I guess I'm just gonna have to break it down for you. Rock the beat. Yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> Welcome to the Watch Your Beef podcast. My name's Dom and I'm your host. Just a little bit about myself. Um, I compete on the Watch Your Beef barbecue team. And the reason I created this podcast was to capture stories and share conversations with friends of mine and new people that I meet within the 2020 barbecue season. It's a chance to have a beer and shoot the shit with all things barbecue. If you're interested or are interested in being interviewed or know someone who is, hit us up on the Watch Your Beef Facebook page or Instagram page. I'd love to hear from you. Our first podcast is with Jai Healy from the Smokeface Grillers when we were competing at Hazy Days last weekend. Hope you enjoy, and if you don't enjoy, please tell someone you don't like so they can have a shit time too. Enjoy. Alright, welcome to the Watch Your Beef podcast. Today I have, uh, I'm in the Smokeface Grillers trailer with uh, Jai. Thanks for joining me, Jai. Thanks for having me. Yeah, cool man. Um, Hey, so I'll just ask you a few questions. We'll just hang out, chill out, and then uh, go from there. So uh, I guess, first off, how did you get into
1: barbecue? Um, Funnily enough, I probably got into smoking on a gasser almost probably eight, nine years ago. Um, That eventuated probably about six years ago into me getting a Komodo Joe. which I then started just uh, smoking meat on a lot of meat. Um, everyone would come around probably every two weeks for beers and um, smoke meat, um, and then just evolved
0: from there. Um, it was an addiction and just kept going. So yeah, right. Yeah, sweet. What well, was probably the worst thing you cooked on the Kamado Joe? You would, have, I guess, everyone on their barbecue journey, and that cooks some absolute crap on their on their first couple of smokes.
1: Um, I guess the first one was probably my first rack of ribs I ever smoked, which was the first thing I cooked, uh, smoked on it. Yeah. Um, at my time, I was probably trying to sell to myself that it was better than what it was, and I, the only research you could get it in was the three two one 2 one method. Um, and when you cook in a Komodo Joe to keep it at 225, you've almost got to choke the shit out of it. <laughs> so <laughs> I look back at the photo every day I do, and um, yeah, they look like beef good that black.
0: Looking back at it, it's a laugh, and that's where that's where it start. So yeah, right. Yeah, I think everyone has that ex- that experience on their first first one, where they get like, yeah. I remember mine like getting like an Aldi rack, and then I reckon I did the same thing, and then I said to my wife Annie, "I was like, hey, try these." The look at her faces, like, "This is shit, man. <laughs> 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 you really doing this?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah. These are great. These are awesome." <laughs>
1: So the funny thing with the Komodo is that you have the fly underneath. So I was probably the only edible mistake, but um, there's been a few times where you lose attention and you catch a drift and all of a sudden you might be cooking a pork roasted and then you it's burnt because it's just taken off and caught fire. So yeah, right. uh, you can't occasionally at the start, but it's um, they're pretty pretty cookers, it's pretty hard to start to get that on Yes, yeah right.
0: So I guess um, for me something that I guess I've I've always sort of wondered. Um, is when did or how did Smokeface Grillers come about and start? Because um, you're an OG member of Smokeface.
1: Yeah, so the only original two members left are Justin and myself. Because um, we're going back a bit now. So it would have been maybe four years ago, Port Mac. they Jay was the, when the last Port Mac that was in on the Easter weekend. Um, he announced that he wanted to try and get 100 teams. At that stage, um, I'd been cooking smoked meat at home, thinking I was the king in my backyard. Um, kind of lasted the whole competition scene. Um, as I got more into it, a few mates got into it. Um, I actually met Justin through my wife's mother's group. So we, um, we met through that and we, got, we had that as a common interest and then um, there was myself and two of my mates from my school days and then Justin, we decided that we might do a weekend away when Jay announced Port Mac. Get 100 teams, it was in Easter, we got there for a week. Team some piss, cooked barbecue and come home. So we registered for that. And then we're like, you know what, we might we should probably do a practice run at a local comp before we go to a, a comp with 100 teams. And we did Melbourne Yaks. Then we did, um, it was the first orange beer and barbecue festival, so we rolled out to that one. And then um from there, it just caught fire. We, we did four comps that first year. I think we did seven the next, and I think we've been averaging about eight to ten from now on. So. Yeah, wow.
0: Yeah, that's that's a fair effort each season. Is eight eight to ten comps. That's
1: <laughs> it is funny though because we were in the states. Remember we were in um, Charles' trailer from *Wolf's Reve- Wolf Revenge*, and he asked us how many comps that we'd done, and I was like, oh, possibly about thirty, maybe thirty-five, or. Um, and he's like. Yeah, that's probably what I've done this year as well. And I'm like, oh, this year, okay, mate, <laughs> this is over five years. <laughs> 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 and we probably compete as much as anyone in Australia. There's teams that roll out a bit more nice. They probably put us in the top third of the I mean, amount of times we roll out. So it just shows the difference over there compared to
0: here. Oh, yeah, it's just the every weekend thing over there. Yeah, big
1: time.
0: So um, I guess, where did, so where did um, ja- where'd you meet James?
1: So yeah, James, so the original members were myself. Justin, um, to my mates John and Blake. Um, after the first year, John um, was like, "Look, guys, I really enjoy this. I enjoy the time going away." Um, however, you guys are getting a little bit too serious for my liking, so he bailed us. I bailed on us in the second year. So Blake, myself, and Justin um, rolled out to would have been was a comp in January. Was the, was it was actually an Australia Day weekend in January. Um, it might be the Pork and Cider Festival, and. Um, we were looking at possibly adding another team member because it is easier being a four especially when you're yeah, pretty much it's a, it's a more of a four way split money wise too yeah. um, so we were trying to figure it out and then we met James who had judged that comp so James had come across and actually they spoken to us and we were like you know what man we're about to roll in the meat stocks next week um, and James is really keen to um, to compete, um, give the competing competition to go. thought about starting his own team but wanted to get some experience, so we kind of charged him maybe a little bit too much money to come join us for <laughs> what, like, what was meant to be a one-off. Um, and then from, he was really handy. Um, it was really handy having someone who knew how to run an offset um, and all those things. So we, uh, he kind of stuck around from there.
0: Yeah, awesome. So I guess you sort of said that you do about eight to 10 comps a year and you've done over 30 comps obviously travel to America and all that. What, I guess, wow. what's the most enjoyable aspect of competition barbecue? Like, I guess, what, what sort of keeps drawing you back to competing and, as you sort of mentioned before, pouring money into it? Because it's, it's definitely not a cheap hobby and it's definitely a, a labor of love hobby. Like, you, you only do it because you love it. If you,
1: you would call it a four-man sport if you call it a sport. Um, but I guess we, we really, there's, there's two things that probably bring us back. Um, we have a lot of fun. Um, we always have a lot of fun whether it's we go, we come here, but um, in Melbourne or if we go to Sydney, um, the road trips always fun. But it's always it's the people that you meet. Like so, you get some of your best friends at the moment come from barbecue. You're hanging around with them. Um, we had a big party last night. It's all about that's what it's about for us. It's about fun. Whatever happens on if you get a trophy, or not, doesn't really it's arbitrary. Everyone wants to win, them, don't get me wrong, it's a competition, yeah. but. Essentially, we've been at comps where we've won trophies and not had fun and thought, you know what, um, we're not going to do that one again, compared to comps that we've not won a trophy and just had an absolute ball and we've done that every year. So
0: Yeah, for sure. Like I think um, even last night we had the uh, Hawaiian pool party um, out at Hazy Days, and I guess like even for me, what I guess what was really cool about um, those Friday nights is about building community and meeting the people uh, meeting new teams meeting other people that you've just never spoken to before I think I think that's what really resonates with so many people amongst the barbecue community
1: yeah big time and I think it it becomes like a a big friendship thing a big catch up thing and um, it's like anything it's like you get you kind of even though you're competing against each other it's almost like you're all playing for the same football team per se like you all feel like you're all part of the same the same system so everyone gets along and you feel like they go to a
0: yeah cool So I guess, um, we sort of touched on it before, but um, smokeface Grillers have done some pretty amazing things um, in Australian barbecue and had some big achievements. Um, And I guess going the past few years, not only like GCs, brisket king, um, a whole host of other things, What's been your favourite achievement in barbecue? And whether or not that's a trophy or a contest or whether or not it's something else in time? I'll
1: give you an example of both. Um, I think achievement wise is a team trophy-wise, um winning quarterback, 100 teams. Um, we've been there three times prior, not got a single trophy, not a single call up. Um, had maybe I think we had two or a couple of top tens, but never got on stage for a trophy, and all we wanted was a trophy, and then when um, that one unraveled. Because the whole barbecue community is there, and it's such a great. It used to be such a great weekend. Everyone will catch up. That um, the build up to winning that, like as we started getting our first call up, we were just so stoked to get one trophy. Yeah. And then it becomes another trophy, and then it becomes another one, and then it just. That's something that I think um, I always look fondly upon in terms of a competition-wise. Um, personally, I think going to America um, and even New Zealand um, and meeting the people over there. Um, that's been really great, but I guess the friendships that, that I've made across the way, like I've got great friends um, Barbecue here, but I've also got them abroad like um, I'm constantly in contact with Jared from New Zealand um, Talk to Shet from Houston all the time. So you've all of a sudden got this international based friendship group that um, There's probably like it's something that you never thought you'd have. You've got something in common, and um, it brings everyone together But it's just always Brad going out hanging with those guys talking to those guys. So Yeah, for
0: sure um, so I guess to elaborate you just mentioned before that you've traveled to New Zealand to compete a few times um how was that and I guess what would you what advice would you have for um, Australian teams that were looking to maybe go over to New Zealand to compete um for their first time?
1: My advice would be just do it seriously um don't think about it just book the tickets and they, they will make things happen over, over. if you contact a promoter they will arrange to have you pits, they'll arrange to get you meat, they'll arrange pretty much everything. Like We pretty much rocked up to the competition, um, just helped unpack, set up. They, uh, It is a great scene over there. It's a really friendly scene. There's no walls, it's all about community. Um, the people are awesome. We pretty much um, try to get around and have fun with everybody but they love when the Australian teams come over, um, conversely when the New Zealand teams come over here, they probably get similar treatment as well, um, we love them coming over and having fun but you you really got to get over there and see that Australia's become very competitive in some ways like as we're sitting in our wall trailer where people can't see what we're doing <laughs> um, you, you do lose a little bit of the, the freedom of community um, in, Australia, in, in Australia compared to New Zealand so New Zealand has that and it's a just a real friendly place and they put on a really good bargain come over there. So. Yeah wow, and it's pretty strong endorsement. Yeah, a great bunch of lads over there in the scene yeah. too, so.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I, I'd i be really keen to one day c- cross the ditch and head over there.
1: It, it's a lot, it seems a lot harder than what it is, yeah. um, and cost-wise, uh, look, if you add in fuel accommodation and all those things, it's probably going to cost you about the same to get to New Zealand as what it would be to go to somewhere like um, in New South Wales or South Australia or yeah sure you add all those things as well
0: so I guess while we're on the topic of traveling um, so last year you went to the American Royal yep um, competed um, as the Smokeface grillers yep um, what would your dos and do nots for a first time te- well I, I guess when I say first time I mean uh, their first time over to the royal um, what would you give um, as advice it's a tough one
1: because um, we would make changes if we went back again, but only because we personally are more comfortable with what we've been in for there. Yeah, sure. So um, we spent a whole heap on meat, got too much meat, um, too much. Like we, we spent a fair bit of much sitting up and we're like, well, we're only going to do this once. We're only going to do this once. Yeah. The quality of their meat is amazing, um, so we we'd probably cut it back until about a third of what we ordered over there, even less. Yeah. Right. Um, but we needed that, like we, we'll go on in blind and everyone gives you advice and says, no, no, this stuff's really good. You don't need as much as what you think you do, but you just, you're never sure because you, you don't get to physically see it, so. Yeah, yeah. Until you get to the comp, so you'd rather have stuff that you're not going to use and um, you, you, you honestly, like um, their worst ribs are a hundred times better than our best ribs, yeah, so. Yeah, like, wow. Yeah, there's, there's not even comparable. Um, what I would do a hundred percent is, um, Look, the competition's amazing, the Royal's amazing, the whole scene's amazing, um, but you've got to get around. Like, we visited um, before this, we actually went into Kansas City and visited Slaps BBQ, we visited, um, I think, a few of the other restaurants, I can't remember off the top of my head, and they're all, they were all competing there. And when we rocked up and they realised we were an Australian team competing, they actually came past us and our sites had beers with us, looked after us, made sure that we had things in place. Um, these people really appreciate you recognizing them, and then they pay it back in spades. So that's Ooh, one wow. thing that I 100% do. Get and get into the community there and get in the spirit. Don't focus so much on trying to win because, look, I I think the royal the royal teaches you how to cook. Then you just in your instead of you going over there and teaching them how to cook. So that makes
0: sense. Yeah, sure. Wow. It just sounds like hearing some of your stories and other teams' stories of the royal it just sounds such an incredible experience
1: yeah look when you go over there you start getting a more appreciation for like you look at um angus reserves second place brisket you look at um dan from big smokes rib um place rib, and you look at mafia's two ribbons and yeah. how well um double barrel did when they were over there and even some of the other australian teams like yeah. like you really appreciate how hard it is to actually get a trophy over there. Like we got a first place in the table at the Royal and got 80th place at Royal. Yes, <laughs> so, right. so like we're the best at the table, but you're still pretty 80th. like you look at it and you're like, easier. 80th, really? <laughs> and then you're like... <laughs> but when there's like 485 teams or something like that, like it's a, it's a pretty good result, so.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, rad. Hey, um, so just a couple of quick questions. How many barbecues do you own currently? It's a very good question.
1: Um, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I reckon I've got, i kind of lost count and I've been slowly trying to dredge some off and <laughs> give them away and all types of stuff, but yeah. I've got a barbecue that I have hiding at my work. Um, so there's one, there's a Weber. I've got, there's two more Weber's at home. There's a, a gas GA, a normal G, I've got two normal GA's. Then I've got the Myron, I've got two gateways. I've got a, a small pallet grill got a rotisserie got the komodo joe and there's something else you now i can't quite recall so
0: yeah right quite a collection uh, <laughs>
1: yeah it's, some some barbecues come and go yeah. um i've given barbecues away to my brother i've given barbecues away to other friends um there's stuff that we've actually if you count stuff that we've won from smoke face and sitting in one of the garages untouched with there's a few there as well but um you know you just you, you always have your favourite, or your couple favourites. You only end up using them, and you don't even know why you have the other ones yeah, sometimes. Right. So.
0: Well, I guess yeah. Like while we're on that topic, like what is your favourite pit to cook on? Because as you just mentioned, you've got quite a lot of them. Uh, I think sort of so many people associate smoke Face grillers with the Myron Nixon um, smoker that you've got.
1: Yeah, it's funny because we haven't used it last comp for this comp. We're kind of transitioning to Gateway Drums at the moment. Um, I don't. The Myron's a great pit. It's really it's it's so it's a lot of fun to use. Um, cooks really well but it is a pain in the ass to set up. It's yeah. a pain in the ass to wheel around. Um,
0: yeah, I've seen you guys load it in and out of comps, like in person it is a huge pit. Yeah, it's a lot of it is a, massive. It's a lot
1: of pit. Um, but it's hard to use when you're at home because you might be cooking like one thing for you <laughs> and your wife and it's yeah. it's a whole lot of space and a whole lot of fire to manage. Yeah. You don't really need to. Um, to be honest with you, we use the Komodo a fair bit, um, the gateway, like we've been using um, the gateways for a lot. I just love hanging stuff in the gateway, so I've okay. um, been smashing out the gateway. Um, but it's all about, when I'm at home, you probably, you might be the same. it's just about ease now. It's like whatever's, yeah. whatever's convenient to use is a, it's the favorite at the time. No,
0: at the moment, the GMG gets, the like Pallet Grill just gets absolutely smashed at the moment. Going on? All right, so you've had a bit of a hand with um, helping out first-time teams. Um, startup, uh, particularly with like the Rookie Rumble and some of the other startup comps um, that have been around Melbourne, um, like the Dainton Brewery um, Heatbeads uh, series, and um, also yeah the Rookie Rumble that has been put on. Um, what advice would you have to teams starting out in comp barbecue? So
1: all the new teams um, that start out is what I call organized chaos. And what I mean by that is, is that they all have a plan and they're all organised in terms of, oh, I'm going to cook chicken on this Weber and I'm going to, I'll cook and you cook pork on that and I've got a, I've got this and I've got that and we'll bring it along. And then when um, they all get together and they pull out six or seven barbecues, um, put them at the front of their site, then um, they all cook individually. Um, don't really it like as a team, like it's more of the, um, like a single protein or don't think about the cook as a whole yeah, sure. and then they lose their way, um, there's no synergy, yeah. um, a big thing that I think especially in competition barbecue is, is that you've got to all be on the same page um, and everyone in our team knows A, in their general, like we kind of have general ro- unwritten roles as such but everyone knows where to be, when to be, yeah. um, what pit, what temperature the pit's at, what yeah, this at sure. like how long the chicken cook takes, how long does this take, like everyone knows that in our team. Um, but when all these new teams start out, they don't think about these things because very quickly, as you know, <laughs> you can lose your place. Yeah. And um, something happens and the pit uh, doesn't get the temp and then all of a sudden shits at the fan and one person's panicking and no one else really knows what they're actually after. Um, that's part of the learning curve, but a uh, uh, way to shortcut that is to actually try to get together and put yourself in a bomb scenario and actually when when talking about um, how you're managing the proteins, talking about it as a whole instead of as individuals. So that would be the advice that
0: I'd give people to, to think about. So. Yeah, for sure. No, that's, that's awesome advice and I think that really resonates with me because I guess I think back to my first comp and the way we divided everything up was, yeah, by proteins and it wasn't until, I guess, a year of competing and then you sort of re-look at what you do now and what you do differently. And that, and you're right. Everyone, like in in our team, has their own sort of defined roles and what they do and what they don't do. And
1: it's even like, like when we have the Myron, it's only one pizza to manage, and we cook at one temperature, and yeah. it's all uniform. Um, like today, we got we got a gateway for each protein, so we have got five gateways sitting in the front. But essentially, it's still one large pit. They're all going to run on the same charcoal. Um, they're all going to run on the same um smoke the woods, Yeah. They're all going to run at the same temperatures. We just they're going to be all managed the same as if it was one large pit um and i think that's a big thing like you watch everyone who rocks up to their first comp and they're pulling off about six Webers, and, and yeah, they've yeah. got little offsets and they've got one fork shoulder and this offset and one fork shoulder in the Weber and whatever and yeah, it yeah. Get, like it, it becomes and everything's at different temperatures yeah and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's all no, over totally the does. shop and um and then they, they wonder why they got no time to box up or things falling behind and it's, it's because they just it lost the management of,
0: of the cook as a whole yeah sure now that's that's all that's awesome advice um so for me um what is your most outrageous made up barbecue headline for 2020. i
1: don't know that's
0: most out there thing you could think of
1: something that's possibly going to be true and just <laughs> potentially made up that's up to you um, <laughs> Yeah, Daniel
0: Barrett will smile sometime this year. I look forward to that being the headline for 2020. Yeah, that one's completely fabricated. Now, a little birdie told me um, that you are the strongest guy at the gym um, because your mum said you were there. Hold on, I think my mum told
1: you this, didn't she?
0: Well, she didn't tell me, but she told my wife. <laughs>
1: this is a stitch-up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the strongest person in this trailer, right? Yeah, that's
0: all about matters. <laughs> uh, now, just finally, just to wrap up, uh, we ask all our guests on the Watch Your Beef podcast, what is their beef with a certain uh, <laughs> item or uh, product? And, I guess, uh, for today, Jai, what's your beef with prawns and drumsticks?
1: <laughs> well, everyone laughs at me. Um, <laughs> um, I hate drumsticks. I've hated them for my entire life. I was forced fed them with apricot chicken. And, um, yeah, essentially, we're, we're, what we call them, poor people's food, because they're <laughs> super cheap. <laughs> um, and let's waste it, no one wants to eat that crap. Um, they're stringy, they, they taste horrible, they've got tendons in them, they're just, I don't know, they're horrible. Um, I don't eat seafood at all, absolutely at all. Um, I worked at a fish and chip shop, I used to handle it, I'd cook it. If I go fishing, I'll catch a fish, I'll gut it, I'll cook it. It doesn't worry me, but I won't eat it. But prawns, prawns are the rats of the ocean. Um, <laughs> that's Chris, <laughs> that's himself out front. They're bottom feeders, they're like a rat. So, Essentially, they eat all the scraps off the ground. Yeah. Most people won't eat rats, and prawns are doing the same thing, but just in a water environment, and everyone's okay with that. Like, you got, If you're okay with one, then you're okay with the
0: other. <laughs> well, there you have it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's been the Watch Your Beef podcast with my guest uh, from the Smokeface Grillers, Jai Healy. Um, thanks again for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Too easy.
1: Cheers, mate.